Welcome to the Profitable Happiness Podcast, where we interview highly successful workplace wellness executives, experts, and entrepreneurs, and learn how they have found success where happiness meets business profitability. Hello, everyone. This is Dr. Pillay with the Profitable Happiness Podcast, and it is my pleasure to introduce you today to Robin Koenig. Robin, how are you doing today? I'm wonderful. How are you? I'm doing great, and I hear you're out in San Diego right now. Is that correct? Yes, I'm in Carlsbad, a beautiful coastal spot here in Southern California. Wow. Well, I'm here in Austin, Texas. I think it's beautiful today, but, um, <laughs> I, you know, it's, it's been kind of, you know, on the almost rainy side down here. So, you know, we'll, 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 hopefully it'll get better. Yeah, anyway, yeah. Um, Robin, I'm really excited to talk with you today because, you know, you're sort of in that middle ground between business um, and life and happiness and coaching in general. And I just feel like you can really share with us, you know, a lot of insights about how a life coach can help people become better in business. You know, that's sort of something I'm really interested about. Tell us though, how did you become a life coach? What put you on this path in, in your journey? So wonderful. Well, I, I'm, I'm so excited to be here. I absolutely love everything you're doing, Dr. Belay. And so it's, it's such a pleasure to be able to talk about this because, you know, what I do for some people, it's, it's very intangible. Mm-hmm. Like, what, what is that? What, you know, what is a life coach, you know? Yeah. Um, but I'll share with you a little bit of my story because I definitely didn't start here. Mm-hmm. Um, so I went to school at Indiana University. I'm a Hoosier, so I don't know if there's any other Hoosiers out there. <laughs> but I was studying, I actually started studying music, in fact. Ah. And um, I was studying music and I was studying fashion. And I got to the point where I realized that I wasn't going to do something with the music degree. So I, mm-hmm. I put that aside and I graduated with two degrees. I was in fashion merchandising and costume construction technology. Wow which has nothing to do with life coaching, except for the fact that it was what I knew I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. And I moved from the Midwest and went to LA as uh-huh. soon as I graduated college. Mm-hmm. And I worked in LA as a freelance wardrobe stylist. Wow. So it was this amazing experience, you know, in my 20s, just, you know, working on film and music videos and anything I could get my hands on. While, of mm-hmm. course, waiting tables, right? You know, just like everybody else in the industry, waiting tables and trying to get another job, right? So, so you didn't go after the music thing when you were out there, huh? I didn't. Wow. I did what, by the way, what instrument did you play? As you can see, the music is a big deal for us here, right? <laughs> I know, I know. I, I studied flute. So flute. I oh, wow. And I, you know, all through, you know, growing up, middle school, high school, and into college, it was a passion of mine. And, you know, I, I, I pursued it. Mm-hmm. To the point where I just, I, I made a choice, you yeah. know, but it was definitely in my blood and it always has been. I have a passion for music for sure. Mm-hmm. So, um, so I came out to LA mm-hmm. and I was, you know, working freelance. I was doing all these great things and I did it for about three and a half years. And it was, it was hard work. You know, I was not union and it was just, it was a grind, you know, it was yeah. really difficult, mm-hmm. but I learned so much, but I got to the point where I just said, okay, in my mind, I wanted what I called a real job, you know, a yeah. real job where I had, you know, benefits and a salary. I was paying my own medical insurance. And I just said, like, what can I do now? Mm-hmm. And I was really stuck because in the entertainment industry, you know, you have these, this resume of all, these are the film, excuse me, the films I've done. 
and all of these other things. And I didn't know how it applied to something else. Yeah. So I had to take stock at that. And I sat down with my dad who was, you know, always been such a great mentor for me and said, well, what, what did I learn? What were the skills and the experience that I had I could apply somewhere else? Yeah, so what I, was transferable, right? Yeah. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, okay. And I started to pick those little pieces out mm-hmm. and realize that I, I had this, you know, ability to combine the analytical and the creative side of my brain and I and I went into marketing. And so I got a job with a marketing agency, which was absolutely fantastic. I was helping launch big brands. You know, I was working for P&G as my main client, mm-hmm. launching, you know, Swiffer and Febreze and all these big brands. And it was fantastic. Yeah. I did that for a while. And I said, this is awesome. But now I want to go into the brand side. And so I pursued and I pivoted, as I say, navigated to a different spot. And I got a job with a big company mm-hmm. and I was working in the corporate world. Mm-hmm. And that was, again, fantastic. I absolutely loved everything I was doing, marketing, communications, PR, community relations, until I was laid off. Oh, boy. It was... So let me guess, that was a defining moment for you, huh? It was a very defining moment because I had also just been through a divorce. I was a single mom. I had a mortgage and a four-year-old, and I was like, what do I do now? And it was really scary. And... So there were a series of events of things that were going through my life and I wound up actually getting an opportunity to transition to the nonprofit industry. Mm. And so I made a very big change. I mean, I knew nothing about working for a nonprofit. Mm -hmm. Um, It was in the breast cancer industry. The only thing I knew about breast cancer was that my mom had been diagnosed, Mm. but I didn't, I didn't know anything about running a nonprofit organization. And so I made a huge pivot to, get into that world and started, you know, kind of building out their programs. And after about six years was their COO. Wow. Lead them through the financial aspects, the operational aspects. And it it was absolutely phenomenal until I was laid off again. (laughs) Oh my goodness. Another defining moment. (laughs) Absolutely. And this was in 2017 and my life had changed so much by then. And so instead of putting myself into this place of like, oh my gosh, what am I going to do? How do I find another job? You know, I stopped. I remember that moment and, you know, going through the process of a layoff is hard. You know, there's, there's anger, there's sadness, there's depression. I mean, there's a lot of emotions associated with that. Yeah. But what I remember thinking was, I don't want to just go get a job. I don't want that for myself. You know, I'm 43 years old. Now what? Now what's my opportunity? And I sat back and I said, well, I'm going to give myself some time to think about it. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to really think about what it is that I love to do and what I'm really good at. And you sat in silence for a while. I did. I did. Still a little bit scary, but Mm -hmm. it was just, it was so, it was like you said, defining for me Mm -hmm. to say, I'm in a place now of choice and I can choose to do whatever I want. And as hard as it was, I decided to pursue being an entrepreneur mm-hmm, and starting mm-hmm. my own business and getting my coaching credentials. So that's what I did. I went to IPEC and I got my credentials in coaching. Mm-hmm. And so now to be a certified coach and help other people, you yeah. know, when they're at that place of, I don't know what to do, or they're stuck, or they're going through something really difficult. Mm-hmm. I have the skills and the ability to help guide them through that process. Yeah. And, and you know, frankly, I, I consider you as uh, a leader who, who knows the way 
because you've gone the way and now you're out here showing the way. Um, and it, it takes, it's, it's a rare person who teaches what they truly have lived. And I think that it sounds to me like that's where you are. In fact, um, you talk here about going through lots of change. You talk about, um, you know, being laid off twice. <laughs> Boy, you would be someone who can help people think differently about dealing with change, aren't you? That's, that's the biggest thing. It really is about perspective. And mm -hmm. I know the first time that it happened, my perspective was very different. There were a lot of things that, you know, kind of gave me like a tunnel vision of, I have to do this because I'm, I'm scared. Yeah. Versus when, you know, I went through it most recently, I didn't have that same amount of fear because my perspective on things had changed. What I knew I was capable of had mm -hmm. changed. My beliefs about what I was capable of doing and how strong I was had changed, but that wow. took, that took self work, mm. you know? And so my being a life coach is my opportunity to say, I'm just sharing mm -hmm. what I've learned and helping other people to say they can do that too. I'm not telling them what to do. Yeah. I'm just giving them the confidence to say the solutions are there, but mm -hmm. we're going to have to get some of this other stuff out of the way. There's stuff in your way. Let's yeah. get that. Out. Yeah. You know, so today you are um, the founder and CEO of Rare Find, uh, which uh, provides leadership coaching. You also have um, Rare Find Voices, which is your podcast. I'd love to hear some little bit about that. Tell us a little bit about Rare Find, um, whom you serve, and and how you serve the people that you serve today. Sure. So I want to tell you a quick backstory as to where that name came from. Uh -huh. Yeah, I was going to say rare find. You should tell us what that is too. <laughs> yeah, um, it, it was actually when I was in that moment of, like you said, silence, where I was like, I don't know what I want to do now. Mm -hmm. I decided to start talking with people that were doing things that I wanted to know more about. And one of those folks was a gentleman named Steve Farber. And he mm -hmm. is a fantastic author. He's written incredible books. His latest book is called Love is Just Damn Good Business. Mm. And so that's, it's a phenomenal read, but mm. he's, he's a speaker. He's a, you know, again, a leadership guru. And mm. I reached out to him because I really wanted to understand what he was doing. And, and you know, I was like, is, is the industry, like, is this a thing? Like, what do you do and why? Yeah. And at the same time, I was also saying, oh gosh, can I get some referrals? I knew him from my past work with the nonprofit. And he was like, sure, you know, I'll go ahead and, and write you a recommendation for LinkedIn, right? Very common thing. Mm -hmm. And he wrote me this recommendation and I remember reading it and I can't quote it verbatim off the top of my head, yep. but essentially what he said was he called me a triple threat, which I thought was <laughs> super cool. <laughs> I was like a triple threat because I'd worked in the nonprofit industry, I'd worked in the corporate industry and, you know, mm -hmm. done freelance work. But he also said, you know, that the combination of skills that I had, you know, being very heart driven and heart centered as far as how I approach working with people, but also having an analytical mind and being an executive, he called me a rare find. Mm. And I just, it like warmed my heart. I, I felt so special when he said that. And so what I realized was, I wanted everybody to feel that way, mm. whether it was in a job, in a career, in a relationship, whatever it was for them to realize that they are a rare find, they mm -hmm. are unique and special in some way, and that those qualities, when they make those shine, they can absolutely do whatever they want. And to your, you know, to your point about happiness, I mean, mm -hmm. those are the things that make us the most happy. When we realize we're good at something, mm -hmm. we ground it in our values system. Mm -hmm and we bring it forward, you, you can do anything and it feels 
pretty awesome. Wow. No, that, what, what an amazing story um, of being, being described as a rare find, and now you're out on a mission to help other people feel that way too. Tell us a little bit about the kinds of challenges that your ideal clients um, show up with. Now, I know that you, you work with professional women. I also know that you work with uh, people in, in big companies, but, I, but that's not the, those aren't the only people you work with. Tell us who you serve specifically and the challenges they have and then how you solve those problems for them. Yeah, I do work with a lot of women. I mean, it's, mm-hmm. it's just something that I have found a lot of women do gravitate towards doing self-work. Uh-huh. You know, and I'm sure there's an amazing statistic out there. I don't have it, but, um, but female leaders do tend to want to improve not mm-hmm. only their leadership style, but also just for their own personal growth. Yeah. Now I have some fantastic male clients as well. And, um, I do get a lot of small business owners and entrepreneurs, people that are wanting to grow, but maybe they're feeling like they're stuck in some way mm-hmm. and, you know, they want to figure out not only like how to build their business better, but also how does that apply to their opportunities like long term. And so the main thing that I get to work with people on is kind of like first, there's really three steps that I work Mm -hmm. with them in. Mm -hmm. The first piece is a discovery. Mm -hmm. And so, um, you know, I have a philosophy around coaching. Mm-hmm. And people will come and say, gosh, I, I want to work on my professional life. Or I want to work on my personal life, my social life, my family life, all of these different lives. And I'm like, yep. that's mm-hmm. awesome. We're going we're gonna to define your goals. But first, we're going to talk about the fact that you're one person with one life. Mm. And so the opportunity here is when you start to work on yourself, those are different environments and people and experiences that you have. But when you work on yourself and how you show up, that's what that's going to bleed into all those areas. Mm-hmm. And so we will figure out in that discovery session, kind of the root of what it is that maybe they are struggling with, mm-hmm. that we can break it all down, define what they want to change. And then the next step, it's called cultivate. That's mm-hmm. where the growth comes in. Mm-hmm. That's when they start to say, okay, now I've started to understand myself more. Now I'm going to feed it right? Cultivation is like growth and digging into something and and Mm -hmm. bringing it forward. And then the last piece is what I call share, Mm -hmm. right? That's the action. Mm -hmm. Because if you start there, you start in the action, you're probably going to wind up doing some of the same things you were doing before. If you haven't figured those out, and you're just going to go on repeat, Mm -hmm. you know, and, and having the same results. Yep. And so, you know, when I worked with leaders, especially leaders that have a team, Mm-hmm. That they're looking to, you know, figure out like what's going on. How can I get better collaboration or communication? I'm like that's awesome. We'll get to that in step three. But first, let's let's dig into you. We're going to start with you as a person. Mm-hmm. And that usually, once they start to do that, maybe they don't believe it at first. But mm-hmm. once they start to do the work, there's a lot of ahas that come forward. Yeah, yeah. I was going to ask you about mindset. You know, do you find a lot of people um, with specific kinds of you know, blind spots or mindset challenges that, that maybe make it difficult for them to do discovery or really move forward? And then how do you help such people? People who are skeptics, for example. I mean, how do you help skeptics uh, yeah. get started? 
I love that because the funniest part is, you know, especially folks that are very analytical, you know, say mm-hmm. I'm working with a financial advisor or, um, you know, somebody in, uh, you know, real estate or CPA, you know, very analytical numbers oriented people. They yeah. want to know what's tangible that's going to change about them. Mm-hmm. And so the first thing I say is I'm not in the convincing business. I'm in the coaching <laughs> business. Yeah, there you go. Okay. Let's start but, with that. <laughs> but I understand where they're at. And so one of the really unique things that I get to do is I'm a master practitioner of what's called the ELI. It's the Energy Leadership Index, and it's an assessment. Mm -hmm. So um, in fact, it was named by Forbes Business as one of the top 10 assessment tools in the country. Mm -hmm. And what's unique about it is it's an attitudinal assessment. Mm -hmm. So, um, So my client, I actually start all of my clients with this process. Okay. They take this ELI test. It's an mm-hmm. online tool. Yep. And I get all of this information back and I'm trained to analyze it and basically do a debrief with the client to help them understand what it's telling them. Mm-hmm. Now, what it does tell people is in a very data-oriented, scientific, numbers-based way, mm-hmm. it helps them understand perspective. So like you were saying about mindset, it's really it's perspective. Mm-hmm. And there's different levels of energy. And I'm not saying like woo-woo energy. I'm talking about like the way that you see the world mm-hmm, mm-hmm. in either a negative way or a mm-hmm. positive way. Yep. And negative energy is very dark. Negative energy is very, it's like walking with blinders on. Right, mm-hmm. it's a tunnel vision. You don't see very far when you're in that lower level, like dark negative energy. Mm-hmm. The higher level of energy is like a prism, it expands your perspective, mm-hmm. and you start to see things a little bit broader and more clearly. Mm-hmm. So, what this assessment tool does is it helps them understand how do they show up, mm-hmm. what kind of energy are they showing up in, you know, situationally, mm-hmm. and then how do they respond to stress. Mm. And it takes those two pieces. And it kind of puts them together into an energetic profile mm-hmm. that then I can start to tell them and help them see like, well, this is what I'm understanding mm-hmm. about, you know, the perspective that you might have around this. Tell me more. Mm. And then they kind of get to combine not only the self-awareness that they're gaining, but also the analytical information that they've gotten from this test, the tool. Yeah. And attitudinal is something you can change. It's behavioral. Mm-hmm. Whereas personality tests, super cool, but not necessarily something that you can change. It's mm-hmm. like you get to know yourself better, but you can't affect change. Mm-hmm. So that's one of the biggest ways I love starting with that because not only does it give us a common language to then speak to, mm-hmm. but then they get to go out and like actually apply it. And it's so fun to see them come back with these moments of like, wow, you know, when I was in this meeting, yeah. I actually was sensing my energy was like a level two. And so we start, <laughs> you know, having this conversation and, and it's just like, they start to really start to understand it. And it's not, there's no judgment around it. You just have to really start to remove the judgment in how are you showing up and do you want to change it? Is it serving you? Like that's yeah. the biggest question. Is yeah. it serving you or if it's not? And if it is awesome. And if you it's don't... not, Awesome. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. And, and, and there's always a path to, to cross. Uh, there are many ways to cross the highway, right? Yes. Um, and so you help those folks find the right way for them. But you know what's interesting? Um, I'm hearing a lot of parallels uh, with some of the happiness um, uh, research and the way we approach uh, you know, wellness. So for mm-hmm. example, 
you know, you may have heard of some concepts called learned helplessness. Mm. And that is a state that a lot of people have sort of put themselves in where they feel helpless. They feel like, oh, I can't get out of this. You know, I can't, I can't solve my problems. Um, I just have a bad attitude and that's the end of it. But, you know, that, that place is actually a place you can come out from if you learn another thing called learned optimism. Mm. <laughs> and so learned optimism, you know, there are tests that'll tell you whether you're a pessimist or you're an optimist. But if you understand that learned optimism, as you said, is something you can acquire, you can actually change your attitude. You can, it's, it's within your control. Once you understand that, you can get outside of the helplessness and then, of course, raise your energy levels. I'm sure that's, that's yeah. what you know, connects back to your approach. But I love this. The, you've got the discovery, you've got the cultivate, and then you've got the share. And it's all built around assessment tools that people can actually like use, right? Yeah. And, and see numbers. Tell us some success stories. Do you have some favorite, well, you don't have to name names or anything like that, but do you have some favorite uh, episodes or people that you've worked with where you were able to really bring change into their lives or at least bring awareness of, of possibilities into their lives? Yeah, um, it's funny because I, I, I tend to go back to the a one story that really defined what we were speaking about, how you know it's really about working on yourself and having it apply. So I was working with an, a small business owner um, and helping him you know, figure out how to grow his business. You know, um, I had worked with his team a bit as well. We had done the ELI. We had done some good like workshops and things and, you know, really building on this collaboration, this opportunity to understand each other better mm -hmm. and then communicate and collaborate. And so there were some different exercises that we had engaged in and, you know, and, and, and he was showing up to the sessions, you know, really excited about what was happening within his team. And one day we get on a call and he tells me, Okay, so remember that communication thing we were working on? Mm -hmm. Well, I went home and I tried it with my wife and it totally worked. And I was mm -hmm. just like, and there you go. You know, like it was just this really big aha for him. He'd been so focused on, you know, the work with his business and his team and not even like, maybe not necessarily consciously, like probably subconsciously, you know, he went home believing that this was something that he now was so much better at and he just put it in the ring. Like he just started to do it in a different way. Mm -hmm. And the impact he had, he was so excited to come back to our session and be like, and it worked with my wife. And I was like, <laughs> bravo, yeah. you know, it had become more a part of the fabric of, you know, now his, his, you know, behavior, right. Mm -hmm. How he had changed his habits. Yep. And it, it really helped him even believe more and more in the work he was doing that it was worth it because he saw it just kind of like spill over into this other part of his life, which was really impactful for him. Yeah. So I love that story. It also really defined for me as a coach mm -hmm. that the approach that I have and the way that maybe I sometimes don't define coaching specifically like under an umbrella mm -hmm. that it made sense and it was, yeah. working. so it helped me too. Yeah. No, I love that story as well, because in a, in, a, in a funny way, you've actually answered my next question, which is <laughs> tell us about the link between behavior change, you know, happiness and, and those kinds of things and profitability. Because obviously, uh, this individual, once their life got on the right track, their happiness and all their, you know, all the positive behavioral things, their business also got on the right track and they moved toward profitability. Um, tell us a little bit more, though, about what you found as the link between workplace happiness and workplace profit and, and 
productivity. A lot of people think that these soft skills that we work on and that we, we talk about stop there, just soft skills. These, are, these produce hard evidence in terms of profit, don't they? Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, again, it's like not to beat a dead horse, but, you know, it's very holistic. And if people are happy with themselves, mm-hmm. right, who they are, the kinds of things that they feel good about that they can show up with, whether it's at the workplace, at home, socially, I mean, whatever it is, that they are going to be more productive, mm-hmm. you know, more attentive, more excited, enthusiastic to do more, mm-hmm. right, achieve greater things. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, when when I've worked with folks in the corporate environment mm-hmm. and I've done, you know, the ELI assessment, what I found too is that um, it's helped them when it comes to doing performance reviews. Mm. So, you know, there, it's, it's not a secret that nobody really loves performance reviews. I mean, <laughs> leaders don't love giving them. They take a lot of time to do, you know, it's kind of an energy suck. Yes, and it's a drain for sure. <laughs> and so I understand the purpose of it. I mean, believe me, I, I worked in that environment for a very long time. Mm-hmm. But what, what I've realized too in working with a lot of leaders is that for them to do that performance review, for them to show up in a way that they feel like they can actually help people perform better, mm-hmm. you got to take away the fear factor. Mm. You know, remove the fear factor, which is going to be, I'm going to be measured against something that I don't think is is valuable. Mm. How do you redefine what's valuable to somebody? Mm-hmm. And so changing a, the process, sometimes it's just a really archaic process. So I encourage leaders to look at what's the process, you know, what's the frequency. And then secondly, like how involved are the people that are actually being reviewed? Mm-hmm. You know, you give them a say in kind of some of the things that they want to understand better, they're going to start to take ownership. Yeah. Right. And so, you know, I, I, do believe that when you start to identify what somebody's really good at, what makes them happy, their foundation of joy, mm-hmm. and all of a sudden they start to, like you said, open up possibilities to, well, what do they want to do? Yep. And sometimes we put people into a job that we think is important for the company, but if the person doesn't see the same level of importance and there's a disconnect, mm-hmm. and it's like you're speaking different languages. Absolutely. They're, you they're know? not walking in their strength and everybody's just... Wrong frequencies. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. It is. It is a frequency. And so, you know, when you start to listen a little bit more and, and I'm not saying like, oh, everybody should just remove structure and everybody do what makes them happy. I mean, I'm a realist too, mm-hmm. but when you start to understand what makes them happy, sometimes it might just be, you know, I call it like it's on, you're on a bus, right? Some people want to be in the driver's seat. Some people just want to change seats yeah. and being open to changing the seats. And you know what? Some people want to get off the bus. Absolutely. And that's okay too. <laughs> Absolutely. And you know, if, if you can just change seats and, and be happy, go for it, you know, because you know, that way you're sort of redesigning your career from the inside. Yeah. But, but if you have to do it from the outside that I think you're right, that works too. <laughs> yeah. So just you know, removing the fear piece, I think is a really big opportunity because once you do that and people feel it mm-hmm. and they know that there's more approachability to the conversation, mm-hmm gosh, you're going to really start to expand people's interests and happiness that's going to lead to a longer term opportunity. And if not, again, maybe they just want to get off the bus and that's okay too. So yeah. I can help them make that transition. Yeah, yeah. So let's say you're not on a bus, but in an elevator and you have just a few more minutes to share three of your top best nuggets of advice. 
mm. um, for people about how they can look inward and, and get on the right track in terms of, you know, the, the, the life coaching energy and, and those kinds of things, the happiness. What would your top three nuggets of advice be on that elevator? Good. And I love the word nuggets. I use it all the time. <laughs> um, so I, I do talk a lot about fear because I do think it's something that a lot of folks, they just feel like it's a negative thing and I don't. Mm -hmm. But my nugget around fear is that fear doesn't have to stop you. Mm. It's a choice to either walk towards it, allow mm. it to stop you, um, but it doesn't have to stop you. You know, so one, thing I one thing I love about fear is that it's, it's the only thing that gets smaller as you approach it. Mm. Mm. You know how they say, you know, when you approach something, it's supposed to get bigger, right? Well, no, with fear, if you run straight ahead into it, it actually shrinks in perspective and gets smaller. <laughs> I love that. I love that. And I, and I joke too, because, you know, there's two kinds of fear. Uh, there's emotional and there's physical. And physical fear, like if, if it's a bear standing in the road and you need to run, be afraid, that's okay. Yeah. That fear is okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. So that's the first piece. Um, okay. the, second, the second piece is about self-confidence. And I like to say that self-confidence is a renewable resource. Mm. You never run out of that. So how you tap into it can look differently, mm -hmm. but it is a renewable resource. And so being able to tap into that versus self-doubt mm -hmm. is really, really key when you're looking to make a change or, or transform. So that's Perfect. the second piece. Okay. And then the third piece is around pivots, which you know, is really kind of where we started talking about this and obviously mm -hmm. all the pivots that I've made in my life. Mm -hmm. um, I say pivots are the power steps towards your dreams. Ooh, I hope you wrote these down. <laughs> this is good stuff. They're nuggets. I like to give people nuggets. The pivots um, are the power steps. What? Power steps towards your dreams. Love that. Okay. Tell us yeah. about that. So, you know, pivots are really just about changing your mindset around the word change. Mm -hmm. A lot of people don't like the word change because it feels very um, like it's detaching. You know, they're like, oh, something has to change. That means it's this or that. Like, it feels like there's something very, um, like there's an end to it. Yeah. Whereas with pivots, you're actually, you're, you're staying connected, but you're turning, right? Or you're rotating on something. Mm -hmm. And so I love this, this concept around a plane. Mm -hmm. So if you're on, you know, you're on a plane and there's a flight plan mm -hmm. and you make a 1% change to the flight plan, mm -hmm. you will make you will wind up in somewhere completely different than you had intended, but you will not even feel that shift. Mm. That's a pivot. Yeah. Yeah. And so if you continue doing that and embracing it, knowing that there's power in that, mm -hmm. removing the fear and focusing on that self-confidence, like you can literally do anything you want. I love that. In fact, <laughs> I can say that my life has just been a bunch of, uh, unplanned pivots that have led yes. me to exactly where I always knew I wanted to be. <laughs> and, and that's amazing. You know, because, you know, every little pivot sort of takes you closer and closer. If you, if you believe in yourself and, and, in, and in these pivots, gets you closer and closer to your dreams. Wow. So we're at, uh, at the end of our conversation here, but I, I would love for you to share how people can meet you, uh, find you online and the best way to contact you and learn more from you. Thank you. Um, so my website is probably the best way, robinconing.com. You know, that's where you can find me, you know, speaking, my podcast, um, coaching opportunities. So, you know, reaching out to me there. 
I'm on LinkedIn. I, you know, I think LinkedIn is really blown up so much now. Like if mm -hmm. you can find me on LinkedIn, that's probably one of the best ways to do it. Absolutely. Also, um, Instagram, you know, mm -hmm. I've got a Instagram handle. It's at rarefind underscore love. Mm -hmm. So that's my Instagram. And, um, I also have something that's, you know, really special. I like to give away some things. So I okay. have a free download that's a really unique method that I use. Mm -hmm. It's called the 531 method. Um, and it's really about playing with possibility and understanding joy and doing something very intentional. Mm -hmm. And so um, any of your listeners, if they just text the word possible. Ah, okay. To 31996, really simple. Then I will go ahead and give them the goods on my my free download, the five, three, one method. And, um, that's, that's just another way that I can help, you know, kind of get them kickstarted. Let me repeat that because I've never had someone share this before this, oh. quite this way. I love this. You're saying if someone texts the word possible to three, one, nine, nine, six, they can Correct. get this free gift. Yes. It's a free download. Nice. All right. All right. We'll have all of this. Obviously people can hear and see this and I'll also include it in the show notes. Awesome. Um, so Robin, thank you so much for being a guest on our show today. Really enjoyed talking with you and thank hope to you. stay in touch with you. Okay. Absolutely. I appreciate all of it and really the work you're doing is absolutely fantastic. So keep it up. Thank you so much. We'll talk soon. Thank you. All right. Thanks for tuning in to the Profitable Happiness Podcast. For more episodes, visit drpalay.com. And remember, get happy first and success will follow.